Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. On today's episode, we're talking with UConn head football coach Randy Edsel. We're talking with Coach Edsel about what this season has been like for his team, a season in which they're not playing any games, but working out, practicing, having team meetings. Uh, We really dive into what that all looks like. Talk about how the team is getting ready and what this rebuilding process looks like as they get ready for the 2021 season. We also take a look back at some old UConn games that they've been throwing back throughout the season uh, for everyone to stream and take a look at. So we talk with Coach Edsel about some memories from those games as well. To begin here, even before the pandemic hit this year, 2020 was going to be a big year of change for UConn football with its first year as an independent Take us through what things are like now on a day-to-day basis and the work you're able to do with the players uh, right now. We, um, we got back here right around uh, July the 1st. Um, and um, so we basically were into the uh, strength and conditioning uh, mode there, you know, working with the guys. Um, and then the NCAA had given us um, opportunities to – you know, then, uh, enhance what we were able to do from a meeting standpoint. Um, and then also some more work on the field once they made a determination and we made a determination that we weren't going to play. So basically where we stand right now and what we've been basically doing for the last, uh, two months is, uh, we're allowed 12 hours, uh, per week, uh, with our, with our players. And so what we do, the, the, the course that I took was because I, I felt that we really needed to get bigger and stronger and, and faster. And then also, uh, to be able to incorporate some fundamental work and technique work, uh, on the field. So our schedule has been on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, our players have been, uh, doing running, uh, and conditioning things for 45 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, in the weight room for a total of six hours. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we've been on the practice field for uh, two hours uh, uh, each day. And then also we have a half hour of uh, meetings uh, before we go to practice. Uh, so, and then they're off on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's the schedule that we've been on basically for the last two months. And we've got another, um, basically two and a half weeks to go with that schedule. And then the, the, the last week they're here, um, that week before Thanksgiving, we're going to test them, uh, in the bench squat and hang clean. And then also do on field testings, the three cone drill, the 40 vertical jump, uh, do those things. So we have basically measurements on them before they, uh, leave here on the, uh, 20th, uh, to go home basically for, um, two months and then they'll come back here uh january 18th uh start classes i believe the 19th have two weeks of quarantine with online classes we'll start conditioning uh weights and conditioning on february 1st and then we'll start spring practice on february 15th we've seen some of the workout videos you guys have put out on social media what are your thoughts on the team and how they've been performing so far during this uh this you know interesting uh season of practices and, and workouts 
Um, I've been pleased, you know, and, and what we've addressed with our guys and what, one of the things for our team, why this is really good for us, a lot of our guys, um, older guys and even younger guys, uh, a lot of those guys didn't have the opportunity to redshirt because they came in and played as true freshmen. So these workouts have enhanced, um, you know, our strength. You can just see the difference in our young men, their bodies and how they develop now. Uh, so really this was, this was ideal for us, uh, to be able to have basically, as I said to them all along and then it reiterated this morning that we have seven months, July, August, September, October, November, December, uh, and, and January, you know, so we have seven months to really transform our bodies, to be able to understand our offense and our defense and special team schemes so much better. And you can see the difference in their bodies. You can see the difference in the way they communicate on the field. You can see confidence growing because they understand more. They're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So we'll end up having 25 practices and, um, you know, we're not beating their bodies up so they can develop. So, you know, they've just been really good. The kids' uh, attitudes and mindsets and approach to practices, workouts, meetings has been uh, very, very good. UConn was really a leader in getting out in front and making that decision to, to cancel the games for this season. Other schools and conferences followed and did the same and then kind of quickly changed course. How hard was it from your perspective to stick with that call not to play as others started up and, you know, got their seasons underway? Uh, it wasn't difficult at all uh, because when you take a look at the situation that we were presented with and then what, um, you know, we felt was the best overall situation for us moving forward, uh, it really wasn't difficult because, first of all, being an independent, you know, uh, we were not in a conference and then all the teams that we were playing for the most part, they were going conference only, um, you know, games. So that eliminated, you know, uh, three quarters, 80% of anybody that we would have had an opportunity to play. And then when you take a look at the restrictions that we have here in our state and still do, um, and then also just the protocols that we have to go through here on our campus, um, we would have had a tough time fielding a team. You know, two weeks ago, <coughs> we had uh, <coughs> 21 guys that um, were out of practices, and we had another 15 guys that when we decided to, op, you know, opt out of this season, you know, went home. I mean, we we wouldn't have had enough. We only had like four defensive backs, and we didn't have enough corners, and uh, and even at one time we didn't have enough offensive linemen. Um, so it would have been very, very difficult. And when we made the decision, sat down and just I put it all together for our guys and showed them that hey, if we played, here's what it would look like. If we didn't play, here's what we're trying to do. And you know they were all in agreement that uh, not playing was the best situation. And you know, you take a look at the, you know, the independence. I mean, Notre Dame decided to get into a conference or they would have had an issue playing a schedule. Um, you know, uh, Liberty's playing those teams down there in their area, which is if that's what they want to do. But, you know, for us to have to go play somebody, come back and quarantine 
everything else, when you put everything in perspective and then you take a look at our team, what was best for our team and the decision we made, you know, by not playing was the best decision for us and still believe that to this day and will always believe that. Pre-COVID, uh, you know, when, when you saw the schedule that was put together this year, you know, personally, from my standpoint, it was a really exciting schedule. It was going to bring some exciting teams into the rent, some exciting road games. You know, what were your thoughts on the schedule coming into this year, uh, you know, prior to all of this? And is the schedule like that something fans can really look forward to uh, heading into the future? Yes, it was a very uh, challenging schedule that we were going to face. Uh, this year and you know that's you know that's what we want to do we want to play uh a number of uh uh power five teams and try to play teams here uh in our areas where we had uh played them quite a bit before you know and we want to continue to do that and then being an independent you know it's probably going to be where we go and play somebody every year from a a guarantee game uh that we can get but then also you know play teams where you know, up and down the East Coast where, you know, we're going to recruit and uh, and then add one of, like I said, add one of those guarantee games. And I think as you take a look at the schedules moving forward, you know, that's what you're, you know, that's what you're going to see. This year, we, we've seen a trend in, and I think it's mainly because of these COVID circumstances with teams, you know, booking games, you know, on week's notice, uh, you know, prior to the season starting, we're putting schedules together pretty quickly. As an independent, do you see that as an advantage going forward to maybe schools aren't booked up as much, you know, seven, eight years out uh, for a game and you're able to get some of those games in a little bit sooner? Um, well, again, that's one thing that, you know, you have the other independents that you can, you can book. And then as long as, you know, as long as teams play, you know, have openings, uh, for non-conference games, you can, you can do those things. If, if people end up starting to go where there's more conference games, you, you know, you're going to have to, to book things out there a little bit further in advance, um, to get those things done. But, you know, it's, for us to be able to do what we've done from a schedule standpoint, uh, you know, a lot of credit to uh, David, um, you know, with that. But, you know, and I gave him a list of schools that I'd like to play. And then, um, you know, there were some things that we had to do where we to get uh, the schedules these first couple of years where we had to break a couple teams up uh, where we they don't play each other, but we play them both. Uh, things along those lines. So you, it, at first you had to be a little bit creative. And then after probably year three, after year three, uh, you maybe don't have to do that. You're just calling these teams and you're, you're making those schedules with them, um, you know, without, you know, dividing people up like this past year, we were, we were dividing Virginia and, and ODU. We were dividing, uh, Middle Tennessee and Ole Miss where we were playing all four of those teams, but they weren't going to play each other, you know, so, so that was the thing. So that was the thing that you had that we had to do to be able to put the schedule together for 2020, which we're not playing. And then 2021, we we had to do that with uh, a team or two. I, I want to talk a little bit now about, you know, what you guys have been doing this season and replaying some of the, the old games from your, your first tenure here at UConn. Um, is there a game from the series that we've seen so far that, that is the most memorable one to you? Because we've seen some great games, Indiana, Baylor, Pitt, Notre Dame, South Carolina, you know, of the ones we've seen, is there one that sticks out to you as the most memorable one there? Well, you know, again, I just think because of the, because of the, uh, the name and, you know, what the name stands for, the Notre Dame by far and away is the one that uh, probably sticks out more than any other game. 
you know, from when I was here the really the first time, just to to go out to that venue and, you know, here's Notre Dame who's won national championships and the epitome of in some people's mind, the epitome of college football. And to go out there and, you know, only a few years in our existence as an as an FBS school to go out there and beat them, I just think that that, uh, you know, that's just something that, uh, you know, people didn't think could happen. And, you know, we made it happen and our players did a great job. And, you know, that was the one. And with the circumstances, you know, of that season and what transpired was pretty good. And, you know, we got the South Carolina game coming up this Thursday. And, you know, that's another one because of the fact that, um, you know, an SEC team, you know, Steve Spurrier, um, you know, was the head coach and, going down there and playing a big physical game and getting after them. But I'd say Notre Dame followed by the uh, South Carolina game. Looking back to at the past, what are some of the differences from when you look back at those days and how you were working to build the program up and what you're doing now in rebuilding it and getting it back to that level that UConn fans, you know, came to really love during, during that first stint there. Well, it's, it's harder this time around. There's no doubt about that. I mean, because, you know, you were making the transition from FCS to FBS, but you were going into a Power Five conference. You know, you were going into the Big East, and um, you had a lot to sell from a recruiting standpoint. And you were going to play, you know, all the teams here in, in this area. And then if you beat them on the field, you know, it helped you from a recruiting standpoint. And now, you know, coming in, you come in and you're part of the American Conference, which is you know, all spread out all over the place. Um, and, and again, really no natural rivalries that you could build on there. Um, because, you know, Temple was the closest school and then Navy joined, but, and then all the schools out in the Western part that made it tough. And then going to the independent, I think that that helps you because now I think you can, what you can do is you can really schedule probably, you know, more of those local teams that you had, played previously, you know, from the Big East, the BCs, the Syracuse, the Pitts, um, you know, Rutgers, um, you know, uh, get those teams and, and, and then also some of the teams from the ACC and, uh, Big Ten to, to do that. You know, I think that helps you because now you end up having a little bit more of a regionalized schedule where your, your fan base really recognizes those teams and under knows those teams a little bit. And then, you know, take some teams from the, the conference USA and the Sun Belt that you mix in because of, you know, recruiting down in Georgia and, and Florida and those areas and, you know, playing teams from the Carolina. So, um, that, that's the thing that it, it kind of, I think helps you a little bit more. And then plus playing, playing those power five teams from a recruiting standpoint, you know, if you're playing those, um, Power five schools, you know, that reson- resonates with the um, with potential recruits. Absolutely. Coach, uh, I really appreciate the time and uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and taking us through what the team's been up to this year and really looking forward to seeing you all uh, back out on the field uh, next fall. So thanks again for coming on and appreciate the time. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.